0: What's happening, everybody? Brimo here with another episode of Shudder and Slate. And today, I've got my friend Lauren Locks with me. Lauren Locks is a filmmaker based in Austin, Texas. While primarily an actor, she's also written, directed, and produced three films in less than three years. She's currently working on her comedic web series, Making It, focused on the hilarious struggles of beginning actors. What's up, Lauren? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here
1: yeah absolutely thanks for having me
0: you're welcome so for those of you that don't know lauren was recently in my feature film sacred vision which we just wrapped on shooting a couple of weeks ago at this point i don't even remember like all time has just molded together and i'm just like i don't even know what day it is half the time but
1: (laughs) that's what happens at the end of a production. your mind is just melted
0: it was mashed potatoes you know and it's still a little bit of mashed potatoes but it's all good it's all good Uh, but i'm glad that you're here and i'm glad that you were in sacred vision it was um a bit of an interesting journey (laughs) we had to recast last minute and thankfully lauren was available so i very much appreciate you jumping in and, and getting things done
1: yes that's why everybody please stay safe out there i'm grateful that i was the actor that got the call when somebody you know couldn't make it but at the same time like your health is important
0: amen to that so let's let's talk a little bit about sacred vision since we're already on the topic what was it like for you obviously you kind of came in last minute I don't even know if you had time to read the whole script you're kind of just like oh hey I'm available let's kind of do this thing but what was the experience like for you
1: yeah definitely it was definitely more of a skim of the script and jump into the character kind of thing um it but honestly, I had so much fun. Like, I'm friends with all of the people that we worked with now. So I think it was really cool. Because that's that's the one thing, and I'm sure you know this, like, every time you work on a project, it's like you find another little, like, another little family click and you just have this, like, little group of people that are now in your circle. And it's so great. But yeah, um, jumping in as, like, your hated x or you know if I'm allowed to say that but you know kind of it was fun and also I was like okay we have to have immediate chemistry right now let's go and you kind of especially when you're thrown into something like that you have to just you got to let go like you can't be like okay I'm gonna perform it exactly this way no it just has to it just has to go and flow without really thinking about it too much and you have to let yourself be free so that was kind of fun and a great exercise for me as
0: well. For sure. Yeah, we have to have this, like, history, and you and I just met, <laughs> and we have to perform on camera and act like, you know, we were once in love and going through this breakup and all of these intense scenes and things, and so it was it was definitely an interesting experience, and like you said, we we had to let go of any, you know, preconceived notions about each other because we had never met and you know the awkwardness of like I don't know you but I have to pretend that I'm like in love with you type of thing we just had to fucking go with it (laughs) like let go and just go with it
1: yep straight into it you just kind of have to channel sometimes I'm not really good on um, what they call you know like substitution where you like you picture someone else in your mind from your past but I did kind of have to go okay, I've had some intense relationships in the past that haven't worked out, but you still really care for them. So I kind of have to embody that energy at least.
0: Yeah, and not even just that, like not even just us being like broken up. On top of that, you had to be attacked (laughs) and chased and just like film this super intense like scene. And so I'm sure that was an experience for you as well.
1: Definitely. I definitely had, you know, (laughs) all the grass pulling out of my hair for a while so (laughs) but yeah that that was actually pretty intense and everybody was just ready to gung-ho and go for the whole thing so I was like let's go
0: yeah that was that was crazy I was trying so hard to get us out of the heat as quickly as possible that day and um thankfully we got done at a decent time but we still got burned and we still (laughs) had to deal with all that we we traversed through the 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 freaking like wilderness basically behind my house just to shoot that scene so it was it was intense and it was fun and I'm just glad that you know we were able to get through it with minimal (laughs) you know crazy things happening Uh, I just got like bug bites I got a thorn in my butt at one point
1: oh yeah you did you got got stabbed and you're
0: like ow 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 yeah I was like fuck because when he he I think he threw me or like I fell or something whenever I hit the ground I landed in this big ass thorn (laughs) I I was like great this is fantastic but no what was really funny too was that scene at the end where we come out of the woods and you and I had to like make ourselves grassy again so we were just making grass angels and throwing grass (laughs)
1: rolling around
0: it and I was like oh cool I get to stay clean today nope no like, you not don't for <laughs> not for this film no ma'am <laughs> no ma'am that was awesome no what a great experience and again thank you so much for doing that um I really appreciate how easy you were to work with and I felt fairly comfortable with you at first it will I didn't have the crazy awkwardness um thankfully so yeah so it was it was a lot of fun and I appreciate you jumping in and being a part of my movie
1: yeah no I I had a blast I was really happy to be a part of it um you know it's one of those things that especially when you see like a casting call and you're like should I shouldn't I And then not only did I submit, but then my best friend, she was like, you'd be perfect for this. You should submit. And I was like, I already submitted. (laughs) And so it was like, okay, it was kind of one of those things that it was, they say, you know, like the roles that are meant for you will be yours. And so I'm, you know, I think it was one of those things that like, I was, it was all kind of meant to happen that way, I think. And I'm not like trying to be like, it was meant for me. (laughs) At the same time like i do think it all worked out pretty well and and we had a good time and yeah i'm just really grateful that i got to be a part of it and learn and you know we kind of that's the great thing about being on set together you get to talk to people about their other projects or how you kind of um started with sacred vision to to ending it and the thing that i loved about working with you is you know no pun intended, but your vision was very clear in your mind of the film and you knew exactly what you needed. Whereas when I'm working on a film, I'm pulling out pieces of paper being like, did we get that shot? Oh, I definitely still need this. And you just have it all up here and you know exactly what you need. I am so impressed, like so impressed.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I'm sure we missed a shot here or there and I'll be editing and crying about it. post like why didn't we get that shot but you know what um my focus for this film especially was that we have to get this thing done in a timely manner you know like i've got to finish everything before november we've got to get it to afm and the sooner i finish shooting the sooner the sooner i can finish editing so God bless us. And let's just get as much basic coverage as we can. If we lose anything or we don't have it, fuck it. I'm going to work with what I got. (laughs) And that's just the attitude I've had through this whole thing is just like, let's be as efficient as possible. Let's get things done. Let's not keep people longer than we need to and beat the freaking heat. I hate shooting in the heat. I I told myself, I am not going to shoot during the summertime. And what did I do? I shot during the summertime.
1: That same thing happened to me when I made Dawn, my last film, because I was going to shoot it in December of 2019, and then, you know, um, it it ended up getting pushed back to, like, March, and then the pandemic hit, and then I was like, okay, I've got to push this back. I I pushed it back kind of to April, then kind of to May, and it was just, and then I finally braved it out in mid-June, which
0: is really
1: (laughs) hot, and most of that film takes place outside. Yep. So, you know, it was one of those things that, like, I was planning to do it in the cooler times, but sometimes you can't help. I mean, I couldn't help a worldwide pandemic, you know, I wasn't about to put everybody at risk, but then, you know, so I was being very cautious and sending out emails like, please make sure you're hydrating, if you need (laughs) anything, you know, vitamin C, (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I totally get that, too. And, and Sacred Vision, it was kind of like that, too, because um, I don't know if you know, but I lost my job back in February and I was like, OK, so what do I do now? And at first I was like, I'll coach other filmmakers on pitching since I want a pitch competition, you know, like it'll be great and I'll make money that way. And then I wasn't feeling it. And I was like, this is not what I'm supposed to do. And I was like, my biggest dream is to make a feature film and I might as well at least attempt to do it. So I did. And I had already had another script in mind that I had already started writing, but I wasn't feeling that one as much either. I was like, No, this is not this is not happening. And so, Sacred Vision. I was like, I need to find another idea that I, I love and I'm excited about. And I don't even know where the non-binary witch thing kind of came from. I think it was kind of at a left field. And I was like, Okay, non-binary witch. That's fucking cool. And then I watched this movie called The Gift with Kate Blanchett from 2001. And she's a fortune teller, but she starts having visions of a crime that happened and she helps solve the case because of her visions. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. And so that's kind of where the rest of the idea came from. And I like pulled it out of my head and just went with it. And I wrote the script. And a lot of the times when I'm writing feature films, I get stuck on page like forty five. And I can't go any further than that. But with this one, I think I was just so excited about it. And so gung ho, like I made it happen. And so it just all kind of came together. And this was between, I think I started writing it in March, March or April. And then I put out the first casting call without even having an entire script written. I literally wrote the sides for Caitlin, like for the auditions. And I was like, oh, I'm going to keep this seat in there too. So it was just, it was so crazy how everything came together. And it was even crazier how, you know, like I had to recast and then you came in and and just everything about the movie has just been (laughs) like
1: a learning curve. Yeah. You say that too. And I think we had a conversation about that on set. That um, when the ones that you're supposed to make are the ones that you like can't stop writing, you know they're the ones that just come to you in like a uh what's the word you know they just it's like really quick it's like a they flow quickly. out of you yeah yeah it's just like a big flow and you and you literally can't stop it and that's how every film that I've actually made into a film I've written that way and in in a fury almost it's like you can't stop because it's still going the only, the only exception was Don, because um, there was the middle part, you've seen Don, the middle part, um, the flashback scene, that, that actually came later on, because originally he had escaped an Amish community. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. So
1: we decided to nix that.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious, yeah, and then, uh, I don't know if you know this, like, right before I brought you on because I knew I had to recast I literally rewrote the ending
1: oh no I did not know
0: that yeah so I don't know if I should have any spoilers on here but um don't, don't spoil it don't yeah but we'll just say the ending was different and I'll tell you how it was different later <laughs> Cliffhangers. yeah cliffhangers cliffhangers for sure but yeah it was nuts <laughs> but uh enough about me it's not even we're not even talking about me right now i'm supposed to be talking about you um so lauren (laughs) what got you into filmmaking and acting and all of that fun stuff
1: that's a great question um i started acting when i was seven it was theater though my um, my mom took me to this little acting workshop i grew up in houston so i went to um theater under the stars they had this little kid workshop and I had been in dance and they gave you two options you could either be like in the acting part or the dance part and I was like oh well I know dance so I'm gonna do the dance part so I'm sitting there we were doing grease I'm sitting there doing a little hand drive and I'm looking over and I'm watching like the other kids perform and I'm like I'm gonna do that I don't want to do this I mean I like dancing don't get me wrong but and that was just kind of the first the first little inkling right there and so from then on I started kind of getting involved in like community theater and then when I got to junior high I was able to do um actual theater and high school and then um when I went to college my parents were like we're not paying for a theater degree so I got a different degree I have a public relations degree And I did that for a couple of years. I started my own company and it was great and it was fun. And I do have a passion for like PR and marketing a little bit, but at the same time, something in my heart was just missing. You know, I didn't feel whole. So I randomly just decided to go to this audition. I drove up to Austin. I failed miserably in the audition, which I didn't know then, but I definitely know now. There were like terms I didn't know that I was just like, I had no idea what a film audition was supposed to be like. And then when I left that audition, I had that feeling of like, oh my God, that was amazing. I can't wait to do that again. I never want to give up this feeling. And I've never looked back. And I just jumped into the film world and it was absolutely terrifying. (laughs) And it was absolutely thrilling and i was terrible at first and i'm still learning now but i've definitely come a long way in the past 7 years
0: nice what what an experience too to go from theater and the film world and like you said it it is two completely different different venues i mean i've done both as well i wasn't super crazy involved in theater but i've done some theater productions here and there and i prefer film so much more <laughs> than
1: theater i love them both i have i have you know like right now like I really 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 I love film and I love learning everything about film I love I'll read like articles about cinematography and lighting just to learn about it and I just love like thinking about how it all comes together and I was talking to somebody about this the other day but when there's like a beautiful performance and everything's perfect it just feels like a symphony unfolding on the screen like that's the only way I can describe it and that is a beautiful thing to me and I just want to be a part of it on the other side of the coin I love live performances in theater and if they ever bring rent here I'm auditioning for Maureen in a heartbeat nice I basically am Maureen so
0: <laughs> in case anybody wanted to know <laughs> in case wanted to know,
1: and I'm just letting you all know that you can you know, there's no voting, but if there was, you could vote for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Vote for me, please. That's hilarious. Nice. Yeah, I get it. And there's, there's something about theater as well. Like you said, it is like a symphony watching, watching the elements come together on screen. And in theater, when you're watching a live performance, you feel the energy. It hits differently than when you're watching a movie because you're around all of these people and then you're feeling the energy from the actors on the stage. So there's definitely a different vibe to it, which is which also can be fantastic. Um, I will give you that. I'm just not as big of a fan <laughs> as I am about. So. I mean,
1: that's, that's kind of like the beauty of art, right? Is that we're not all fans of the same, even within the film genre, you know, like. Oh, yeah. You know, some people absolutely love horror and they watch everything that comes out. And some people love like supernatural and fantasy. Some people are really into the like action, detective, or comedy. You know, and it's just like it's it's something that I talked to one of my best friends about. She um, she's done the musical score for two of my films. She is a genius when it comes to music, and she's also in the in the film world. But she um, we were trying to. Go back and forth about like what music I wanted for a certain scene, and I can't describe it as well as she as she can because she's you know a musical genius. But we just kind of realized at the end of the day, it's just like people have different perspectives and they have different preferences and taste, and so you have to like find the way to meet in the middle sometimes. But you know when it comes when it comes to theater, when it comes to film, when it comes to different types of film or shows or, or music, like live music, obviously Austin's big on that. You know, everybody has different preferences and I just think it's so cool that there's so much out there to explore.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. There's so many different genres and experiments and things that you can do with film. And what I love most about it is just like, how does that make you feel? when you watch this particular movie, you know how does that make you feel? And the music is super important because that drives the emotion and it drives the movie forward as well. And it's just such a big component uh, to film. And I don't think a lot of people realize that unless they you know, study film or know a little bit about it, but music is so important. Definitely. So you've produced three films so far. Are they all short films?
1: Yes. So I've done, the three short films I have um a pilot that I've been writing with a screen my screenwriter friend in LA for about a year now and then um and then I have this comedic web series but yeah that and each each of the three films is very different from each other I guess it's like part of like me exploring a little piece of my soul in different ways you know
0: (laughs) what's different about them are they different genres are they different just really different stories
1: both so the first one is called fate and that was the very first thing that i wrote that got made into something that was supposed to be kind of like a pitch video for a tv series it ended up just being a short film because we decided not it there's so much good to it and it could go so far i would i would really love to see it as like i think at this point it could either make a really great tv series or a really great like trilogy feature film situation but anyways, Fate is uh, it, it's supernatural. It has vampires. Nice. And, and Fates from Greek mythology. There's a lot of Greek mythology woven into there. I got really bogged into the bogged down in the details because I was like, I want this for years from now, people to find Easter eggs in this you know, everywhere. But I have to point them out, so. <laughs> <laughs> um... The second one is called Positive, and that one we actually did as a single take. So it's only six minutes, but that one is about basically those two minutes when you're waiting to find out if you're a mother or not from a pregnancy test. For some people, that's a terrifying feeling. For some people, you know, all of their hopes and dreams are on it because they can't wait to be a mother. I got to thinking about it because, you know, I have a little one, and my best friend, the one I was talking about earlier, she was trying to have a little one so hard. And I was just thinking about like our different experiences becoming or trying to become mother. This is before she had her baby who is now five months old. So she did finally get to have her child. But um, I was thinking about that and I kind of like sent it to her in a fury one morning at 5 a.m. And she, she loved it. So we ended up making that like it was like two weeks later after I wrote it. So it was a very quick turnaround. And then the third one is obviously Dawn, which is, you know, a little more heartfelt kind of drama. There's a little bit of LGBT in there and, you know, it's, it's fun. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> it's fun. Nice. And then obviously now you're working on your web series, Making It. Yes. Let's talk about that. What's, what's making it about for those that don't know?
1: Um, so in a- in a quick jiffy making it is about a brand new actress who moves to austin thinking it's like a big city big break kind of situation she's gonna make it here and she has no idea what she's doing because she's new to acting and she just f's it up royally over and over and over again but she learns along the way i didn't want it to be like one of those where it's like here's this thing and then it cuts off and here's another thing she messes up on or or something like that there's actually you know friendships and relationships and learning and growing and you know the relationship with your parents and what they think about you being in, in the entertainment field you know so there's there's a whole trajectory of her character and of some other characters and yeah it it started as an acting no sorry a writing exercise for me to see if i could even write comedy and then it just kind of turned into this series and i you know put this message out on facebook and i was like hey would anybody be interested in you know volunteering and doing this series just for fun and i got way more people um responding to me than i thought i would so then i decided to crowdfund it and that got crowdfunded in a week and I was like,
0: okay, guess we're making it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How was the crowdfunding experience for you? Because obviously we did it with Sacred Vision, but I want to hear like from your perspective, because you guys raised uh, quite a bit of money.
1: Yeah, I I set the bar, I, I you know, I, I didn't want to try to ask for too much. So I just said maybe 5,000. And even then I was like, is that too much? But I ended up raising about 5,700 actually. And For me, because I have the PR and the marketing background, I did a little bit of research about, like, crowdfunding campaigns, and I honestly, I was so against the idea at the beginning, because I was like, I don't want to ask people for money. I don't want to beg, you know, people to give me money to make my film, because nobody really likes to do that. Do we like receiving the money? Yes, honey. But do we (laughs) like asking for it? No, because it makes you feel, you know, you're like hey, please fund my film, but I decided, you know, if people are actually interested, let me at least try, let me at least make a promo video that I think will be kind of compelling. And, you know, I kind of set up all of the social media posts to make sure it had really strong, but also, and I think this is very important for anybody who decides to crowdfund a film in the future, um, don't spam people. And that was one of my biggest things that I tried not to do. And the reason I think it was successful was because I wasn't constantly like reaching out to people over and over and over again. I was putting it out there and saying, hey, if you wanna help out, please do, here's why. I made it fun. I told them what was in it for them, but I wasn't, you know, constantly blowing up their messages or anything like that because I think that is not the right way to go about it and that's not the right way to go about marketing anything
0: no I feel that and I didn't do that with sacred vision either I messaged quite a few people and I did the same thing As like here's one message if you respond cool if you don't cool whatever you know I'm not married to it um did you run any social media ads or did you just post on social media how did you kind of get the word out aside from you know talking to people
1: So knowing that I was going to run the crowdfunding campaign, I started building up the social media before and then, and I actually did it a lot quicker, like, you know, you're supposed to kind of like plan it out for several months, but I get in these like phases and my friend calls them my Phoenix phases. I I feel like I'm in one right now, actually, where I just like, I can't stop working. I have to keep going because everything's going well and I'm, and I'm happy and I'm ambitious, you know? And so I was in one of those phases. And I had, I wrote all of the episodes in a week. And then it was a week or two later. I was like, I'm going to do this crowdfunding campaign. Let's make a promo video, made the promo video like a week later. And then I kind of did a countdown, like, hey, our campaign's going to go live in two weeks, in one week, in five days, three days, you know, just so people knew because um, from my research, you know. The more you get funded those first 24 hours, the more successful you're going to be. And I'm sure you've heard that. Yep. But um, yeah, so I just, I did mostly just regular posting on social media, but then I did boost a few posts here and there. So I just kind of kept it light. So I wasn't, because I was like, oh, I don't want to spend more money than I'm trying to make here.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: But I did, I did. I believe there were a couple posts that I did invest a little, but I definitely tried to keep like a color theme. I tried to make all of the, you know, images kind of visually appealing. I tried to be like assertive, but not aggressive. So that's kind of how I went about it
0: nice yeah that kind of mirrors some of what I did for sacred vision because I also started to crowdfund very quickly <laughs> yeah. into everything yeah I didn't have a lot of planning time I wanted to plan out stuff too I was like I'm gonna have all of these posts already pre-written and I'm just gonna post them and that did not happen I had like four and then I was like well here we go just organically <laughs> posting shit every day and messaging people and and kind of going with it. But in the end, we raised money. And I was very grateful for the money that we raised. I was like, wow, I actually raised money because my first crowdfund I ever did was terrible. And I raised like $10. And obviously that didn't, (laughs) didn't happen. So
1: that's the scary thing too, about doing it is because you see all these failed crowdfunding campaigns, like people who are trying to raise, you know, 5,000 and raise 500 through a whole month, or people who are trying to raise, you know, 10, 20, 50,000 and they get like three. And, you know, like in a sense, it's not exactly failure because you still have something which is better than nothing. But on the other hand, like it makes you terrified to be the next person to ask people for money.
0: It really does because you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know if they're going to get pissed off at you and be like, why would you ask me for money? That's terrible, you know? <laughs> it's
1: like- I mean, you tell me, like, you tell me if you agree with this, but like, most of that money is coming from your close friends or family or the people who know you super well. They're the ones who trust you and they're going to put some money into your work.
0: Well, it's funny. I did get that. But I also feel like the ones that really supported me were those also in the film industry. Mm -hmm. Because they understand what it's like to crowdfund and to make something happen and to want their vision come true. So I also did what I feel like is kind of good karma for almost every crowdfund I saw that was happening, I would donate five, 10 bucks because I felt like it was gonna bring it back to me and my crowdfund. And that's the type of energy I wanted to put out into the world because I'm very much about like energy and vibes and, and making things better for myself by helping other people. And I think that also helped a lot too because other people that I donated to, some of them donated to mine or they talked about it or they shared it. you know. And I was so lucky that quite a few people in the film industry just really liked my idea as well. And that I think also helped. A lot.
1: Yeah. And you had that cool poster. I don't know if that was like part of the crowdfunding campaign, but I think it's so cool. Thank you. But um yeah. Yeah, I did the same. There were a couple of people crowdfunding at the same time and I kind of donated a little bit to their campaigns and they donated to mine. And then we kind of cross-promoted each other. It was one of those things that you didn't even really have to be like, hey, do you want to cross it just kind of happened. Like, you know, yeah. I was like, oh hey, this is going on at the same time. Check this out. Then they did the same for me you know, and then, and, you know, I have like some more friends that are doing some right now and I'm just like, ah, my funds are tied up in making it. So I'm hoping that I can donate to theirs too, because I really do. One of my goals in the future is like to hopefully, you know, make some money off this career, be a sugar mama. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then also like, I want to, I really want to invest in other people's films too. Like that, that is a, a long-term goal for me. And a while back, when I did have a surplus saved up before, before I started trying to make making it, uh, I was, I was planning to kind of, you know, try to invest in some people's films. It didn't quite work out,
0: but, um, but I do plan to in the future. So crossing fingers. Yeah. I like that idea also. And I'm hoping to, as I make more money, hopefully with my movies and things to either start some sort of grant or some sort of fund to where, um, upcoming filmmakers I can just be like oh yeah here's a few thousand dollars go have at it and have a good time like (laughs)
1: do you think do you think sometimes that like the grant process though can be really intimidating because sometimes I see them and I'm like I could apply for that I fit those specs but then I don't because it's just like oh it's just a long process you know
0: I think yeah I think there's ways of going about the process and I would I would try to streamline it streamline it to make it not so intense and so scary or I would just do maybe like a contest or something, make a short film, show me what you got. Here's money, like go out and make something else. You know, like so, something along those lines. I wouldn't want it to make it hard for yep. people to to apply for it. Because you're right, the grant the grant, um, process can be a whole thing. And they make you have like pages and pages of shit. And it's like, dude, like here's my work. Here's what I want to do. Here's a script, like give me money or don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's- It's hard, too, because, I mean, like, you know, you're competing with a lot of people for those. Sure. I mean, well, same with film festivals.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, our industry is just competitive in general in so many aspects, whether we're auditioning for a part or whether we're, you know, trying to ask for money or whatever we're doing, you know, it's 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 not for the faint of heart and I wouldn't suggest that everybody just go out and jump into the film industry I would definitely tell you that if you have the stamina and if you have the drive and you're the type of person that does not give up then yes absolutely go for it but if you're not then you're probably gonna be a little frustrated or want to quit so
1: (laughs) yeah definitely yeah you have to grow a thick skin I mean I waited tables and I thought I grew a thick skin there honey
0: no (laughs)
1: This industry right here is where you grow a thick skin.
0: (laughs) It really is. And I think both of us have a unique perspective because we make films as well as, you know, act in them. So we understand what it's like to be on the audition side, but we also understand what it's like to be on the casting side. And I had a lot of fun casting Sacred Vision. Like I got so many submissions and things and I was just like, wow, I have a nice group of people to choose from when I'm casting this film. So when you were casting for really making it, how did that kind of come about and what was the process like for you?
1: So because making it is kind of more of a volunteer project, um, I kind of, so I wrote the series and then I kind of started thinking about the characters with um, people I already know because I've built a bit of a community and I know certain people that fit certain roles. There's still, you know, there's still a few characters I need to kind of nail down. Um, and one of them I have to, I had to switch around some casting too, but most most of them are people that I already knew. And then there's gonna be a few that I'm gonna have to look outside of my norm. And that's only because of that. But I will say, um, as far as like the casting process goes, When I was casting for Dawn I did actual taped auditions and then I did an in-person callback yeah I did an in-person callback and what's really funny is the very last person who sent me an audition for Jeff who's kind of the main character of Dawn right Or, or the other the other lead right um the last person to send me in the initial audition sent me a message and was just kind of like, hey, I'm actually on set till 3 a.m. Can I send this in tomorrow? And I was like, okay, but you're working. So yeah, you can send it in one day late, it's fine. And so that one I saw, and I'd already made up my mind kind of about somebody else. I was like, this person's definitely getting callback. They're probably getting the role. And then this guy sent in his audition and I was like, oh my God, this is real. And then I was like torn. So then we do these in-person callback and this this is kind of like things that we forget as actors. Is like, so you're sitting there across the table being the person who casts, like you never get to sit in that role as an actor and you're watching these people do the scene or I was actually performing it with them. Um, and both of these guys, the ones that I liked, they both did so well, but in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. And I love them both. And I, I, it took me two weeks to make my decision because I could not decide. And it was finally my best friend pointing out to me, kind of, hey, you know, this guy followed your lead on the scene and this guy kind of was the one who led you. And mm. she was like, what do you want for those characters? And that'll give you your answer. And that was kind of what led me to casting um, Alex Christian as Jeff. And then Alex has become one of my best friends in the entire industry since then because we had such a good time working together and now he's in making it. So it just, you know, that stuff kind of snowballs and you end up collaborating together in the future,
0: you know? That's awesome. And something kind of similar happened with Sacred Vision because Caitlin was the first role that I casted. And we know that you ended up getting that role. But what happened was... In the original script, obviously, like I said, the ending's different. So my main focus was on Caitlin and Galen and Caitlin's dynamic. And so I put out the call. And again, I just wrote that script for the sides so they could, <laughs> so they could audition with them. Not the whole script, but just that scene. And I, I probably didn't even have twenty pages by that point. But I was like, I got to write this scene so I have sides and so I can cast this thing. And um, I. I had um, an actress that was really, really good. I was like, wow, I really like her. And I think she would be amazing. But then I had someone that I'd worked with in the past and did really well. And I was like, oh, if she wants to do it, like, obviously that would be stupid for me not to cast her because I've worked with her before. I know we have good chemistry. I know she's going to be great on set and is going to nail everything. And then I was like, but I really like this other person. And I think that she would do well. And so... I don't know if I decided to just like write a whole new character for this person. Or like, I kind of had an idea of like, I wanted another character, like a best friend character. And then it came even more alive because of that person's audition. And that's where Amethyst came in to the picture. And so it was just like, wow, you know, and obviously Morgan uh, did amazing as Amethyst and we had great chemistry on set as well. And I was very comfortable with her. And I was like, wow, like, you know, things kind of worked out the way that they did. And then my friend that was going to play Caitlin, you know, obviously things didn't work out. And so I had to recast. And so it was just, it was just so interesting that I was like, you know what? I'm going to cast this person. I've worked with them before. And then it didn't work out (laughs) that way. But then I I created another role for someone that was very deserving and did a great job. So it was just crazy how it all came together.
1: And I, you know, and it's one of those things that when you've been on that side and you understand it, but then still, still, like last week I had a crazy week of auditioning and there's still the part of me that's like, oh, I really want the car, you know, and I'm like, okay, get, stop thinking about it. You send it in, just like, let it go. And then you have to remember there's so many factors and they, everybody says this, but there are so many factors outside of your control. So many factors outside of my control that even though I auditioned for something awesome last week and it would just like make the last seven years worth it you know but at the same time i'm like there are so many factors that i can't control that i have to just if it's mine it'll be mine but also like
0: can i do some witchcraft and make it happen (laughs) (laughs) well i'm a i'm a non-binary witch now so i can help you out (laughs) let's just go cast a spell real quick sacred vision
1: (laughs) you have a vision of me getting this
0: role (laughs) you know right (laughs) oh man that was so much fun um yeah it was just crazy how all of that kind of came together and like you said who was meant to be in the film was meant to be in the film for whatever reason and so I'm happy for the new relationships I've found making this and I can't wait to see what we do in the future with everything
1: yeah
0: definitely am I allowed to say that I'm a part of making it as well is that a secret
1: uh, no, it's not a secret at all. I'm I'm so happy that you're coming on board, too, because, and, you know, like, it just, you, you fit perfectly into that role, too. It just kind of, like, worked out really well. And the reason, and, you know, how that happened was the person I originally had in that role was busy on those dates. And so I switched him to another character. And then I was like, oh, my God, I had just met you. And I was like, Brima would be perfect for this. And then I was like, let me, let me just ask, let me just ask. (laughs) I'm excited, you know, and I'm excited that we get to work together again. so it's going to be great.
0: Thank you. Yeah. For those that don't know, I will be playing Alex, a non-binary director in making it. And it's kind of fitting. I don't know. I'm still exploring that aspect of myself and my identity. I really enjoyed playing Galen, a non-binary witch, obviously in Sacred Vision and I was not prepared for the emotional roller coaster that came out of making that movie. And it wasn't just because, you know, the stress of making the movie. But when I wrote the script, I didn't realize how much it would affect me because it brought out so many past hurts and PTSD and emotions and things that I haven't worked through completely. And so when we filmed it, and even when we were done filming it, I was just a fucking mess. Like there were days when I was just crying uncontrollably. And there were days when I was so anxious, I felt like my whole body was shaking and I couldn't calm down. And I've really had to do a lot of work. But I think that through all of this, it's helping me heal obviously, which I need to do to become a better version of myself and be a better filmmaker. But it's also kind of having me question, like, who am I really? What do I like? What do I want to do? And in all of these other aspects, I'm really having to question a lot about myself because I realized um, growing up that, I knew had similar experience too, growing up in a religious home of people telling you, you know, you're bad. And you need to change, and there's something wrong with you. And when you when you live that way for so long, you start to believe it, and you start to really question things about yourself, and you conform. And um, by making sacred vision, I guess I was kind of able to process that stuff without realizing it. <laughs> like you know, Galen obviously is very close to me. I gave him the same digestive issues. I gave him, you know. Um, my mom didn't die and my grandma, you know, things like that. Like that's not the same experience for me, but I have other things in my life that hurt me, obviously. So our stories are very similar and, um, I guess it just all <laughs> came out and made me really process it whether I wanted to or not. It was just like, I'm going to go make this feature film. And then it was the universe was like, Oh, guess what? You're going to work through all of your trauma right now. I was like, what? No. <laughs> so, but um, getting back to what I was originally saying about playing a non binary character. That's something that I've kind of been questioning myself. Like, I don't think that I'm trans. I don't think I was born in the wrong body, but I feel more like, um, I don't really identify fully as either male or female. And I'm kind of working through that and, and what I'm exploring about myself with that. So being able to play Galen was great. And I'm excited to uh, take on another non binary role as well.
1: Yeah, just also, that was another like coincidence <laughs> of that because that was literally how I wrote that character. And, and in my head, you know, I'm, I guess I was thinking when I was writing it of inclusivity. Um, you know, because it's like, I, I have issues with, um, it, it's getting better now, but there's a lot of like, anytime people try to include LGBTQIA people in a story, it's always about the coming out. <laughs> it's like, okay, we out. Now let's talk about like the rest. We have normal lives like everyone else, you know, <laughs> like besides, Yes, that is always a pivotal moment always and for some of us very traumatizing but also there's more than that okay I mean I'm saying that and then I like actually put that in one of my films too so whatever but (laughs) but you know and like and it's just funny because you know I write I wrote that character that way and then you know all of this happened and then I was like oh my gosh I wrote this character with they them pronouns for this reason and then and then here you are and I think you, you, do you use those pronouns as well, they, them?
0: I'm, I'm exploring them right now. I'm Perfect. kind of like open to any pronoun at the moment. Um, obviously, most of my life was predominantly she, her. So now I'm just like, I really don't care. You can call me whatever. <laughs> you can use whatever pronoun yeah. at this point.
1: Yeah. And I think that's cool that you're kind of like open and exploring it too. Um, and, you know, that's something that we could say to everyone is like, if you don't know someone's pronouns, just ask. Mm-hmm. They're probably more than happy to tell you yeah and i do think that we need to start including it on slates when we're auditioning i've only had to do it a couple times but and i know it's like another thing you have to say when you're already like hi i'm lauren locks i'm so you know so many inches tall and i'm you know based here and i can be a local hire here then you just say and my pronouns are she her it's not that hard but i do think it's great because then it it helps casting i think it should be included Yeah. That's not where I was going with that point wherever I was
0: started, but that's where I ended. (laughs) It's okay. I had to I had to wind my way back when I started going through all the traumatic stuff. I was like, where was I going with this? Nobody needs to hear my whole life story right now.
1: (laughs) That's that's what I was gonna comment on was your whole life story. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I was gonna comment on the fact that you're saying, you know, you had to work through a lot of trauma and we had this conversation recently, but You know, when when you're making good films and you're putting vulnerable pieces of yourself out there, even pieces you haven't really explored yet, but you're kind of on the tip or the verge or the edge. Verge, edge, yes, those are the right words. Any of that, you know, you, if there's, some people call it like being cathartic or, you know, being free or being liberated. I like to call it, you know, getting weird. But, you know, there's there's just a part of you that lets out your most your innermost vulnerabilities. And it's very scary. It's scary because we spend a lot of our lives building up these walls. You know, and that was something I had to learn when I got back into acting after being kind of in the PR and marketing industry was that, I can't, you know, look and be perfect all the time. I have to let myself be ugly. I have to let myself not be perfect. I can't my makeup can't be perfect every moment. I can't look skinny all the time and beautiful and my hair is just absolutely shiny and beautiful and bouncy. Like you have to let that go and it took it took a long time and I still kind of struggle with it a little bit. But you know, making your own films, you get to explore those, those sides of you. And it is kind of heart-wrenching a little bit to kind of face those truths about yourself. But the beautiful thing is you're helping other people face those truths too.
0: Thank you. I always, I always try to, to go in the, with the intention of like, you know, I hope this movie helps someone. I hope yeah. all of my films help someone in some, some capacity or the other, but they always say the best stuff is the most personal. Definitely. definitely sacred vision was definitely very personal <laughs> so was my uh, last one 500k they're both you know they both have aspects of things in my real life you know happening inside of them and so does obviously the short that I shared with you the other day I was having one of those really bad emotional days and I was like I need to get something out and that 11 page short just flowed right through me and I was like wow and now my wife is like, you need to go make it. And I was like, yes, I would love to, but I need to <laughs> finish up some other stuff first, but that's probably going to be my next project. Yeah. yeah. I just, just got to finish editing a whole movie. Like no big deal.
1: Yeah. And I think you, you, um, told me it was a, a term from somebody else, but the rage on the page. Mm-hmm. I do that too. Like when I'm, when I'm having like a really rough time, I turn to writing too. It's always kind of been one of my outlets, you know, whether it's, a journaling situation or, you know, kind of almost like a writing meditation or, you know, most likely some little script. I have so many little scripts on my computer (laughs) that I've written just from something being inspired or needing to let something out. And they're not all good. (laughs) Some of them are though, and they're never going to get made, but like, you know, they're just, it's, it's just, it's, you like when you're tied to art in that way and it's literally your vessel to the world like you just you have to let it out in ways like that and I find writing to be very cathartic for me
0: it really is yeah Rage on the Page was coined by Gabby Bernstein for those of you that don't know I am working through her book called Happy Days which is literally about overcoming trauma so it was kind of (laughs) the universal timing in everything in my life right now is just nuts I bought that book um, probably back in February or March and I started it, and then I like stopped on the page where it was like, "Write out your triggers," and I was like, "Okay, I'll do that," and I didn't do that. And then I started making the movie, and then things just kind of came up, and I was like, "Oh, I should probably get back into working through my trauma." <laughs> yeah. So, so that's kind of what's been happening um, these last couple of weeks after we wrapped on shooting. Um, yeah, the emotional roller coaster has definitely been crazy, but today's a better day. I feel I, I got to the part of the book where it talks about like shame and how big shame is uh, when it comes to trauma and traumatic experiences and past hurts. And so yesterday I journaled about like the shame that I had with some of the experience that I had um, that have really affected me. And I felt a lot lighter. And I think because I was able to write that out it, it felt more healing and it allowed me to process it better because before, you know, I shoved everything down and I was like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want anybody to know about this. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. But Gabby talks about like, when you're ready, obviously don't just go and traumatize yourself by telling everybody your shit, but like getting it out and like writing it, um, shows you that, Hey, you know, shame is a physiological response it's not something that you need to be embarrassed about or you know hide from everybody because we all feel shame in one way or another and that was like really profound and something that I'm like okay this is where I'm at right now and I'm working through this shit and it's gonna be okay
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, and I'll I mean like everybody you know anybody who listens to this like everybody really deals with some dark stuff sometimes and some and some of our own demons and feeling like feelings of worthlessness. I feel like those the worthlessness and loneliness. I feel like those those feelings really wreck me. And i I had a good period of this year, from like beginning of February all the way through the end of April. I think it was where I just felt absolutely worthless, and I felt like I didn't have a place in the industry. I felt like I didn't have a place in the world at some points, you know, and it was, it was tough and I'm happy and really grateful that like these past couple weeks and the month of May, Oh, May's ending today, but you know, the month of May has been really good to me. And, you know, before when I was like, well, I'm not getting good enough things. Now I'm like changing my perspective on it. I am so grateful I'm having these auditions or I am so grateful that I'm getting to make my web series and it's really hard to have a mindful of gratefulness when you're feeling worthless and lonely because even when you have people around you and you have a partner you can still feel very lonely you can feel like the world doesn't understand you and there's a quote from Titanic that you know always always makes me think of it but she basically She's in this room full of crowded people and she feels like she's screaming at the top of her lungs and no one can hear her. And that's what I attribute it to. But the one thing that's always comforted me if you're, you know, in the film industry or entertainment at all is that I've always told myself, I'm never alone as long as I have my art. And I have literally gotten to the point where I've had to say it over and over. I'm never alone as long as I have my art. I'm never alone as long as I have my art. And I just have to remember that like, I am still connected to the world even if I feel lonely or whatever, like you are your own biggest fan. So please believe in yourself, you know, and Brimo and I are really cool. So like, reach out to us. <laughs>
0: <All> right, <laughs> We'll help you out. And apparently I'm going to be real schooled in learning how to overcome trauma <laughs> trying to get through all of this. Shit.
1: Yeah. And part of me saying all of that was basically to say like, you know, it's universal. You said everybody deals with shame in the book, and that made you feel better, and it's everybody does. I think everybody deals with a lot, a lot of feelings. Some of us have had more trauma than others, you know, I, and I don't know, you know, your whole past, so I don't know exactly what traumas you've been through, or how they relate to mine, or if they're different, you know, but everybody's been through some things, and, you know, we're all in this thing together, so just, just,
0: Keep sticking it out, please. Yes, the world needs us in one way or another. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's been one of my things is affirmations. And one of my therapist friends who was nice enough to come over during one of the days when I couldn't stop crying (laughs) to help me process shit. She was like, you know, like write out three, four false beliefs that you have about yourself and then write five affirmations that are the exact opposite of that and then cross out the negative belief about yourself. And so one of them is I am a gift to the world because like you, I felt like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy. And the loneliness has been real <laughs> going through the trauma because my wife is at work sometimes and she can't always be there for me. And even when she is here, sometimes, you know, she doesn't always know the right things to say or, or to deal with it because I don't even know how to deal with it. So I've, I've definitely felt lonely um, going through this kind of alone and navigating everything. And so- it's been interesting and I've had to find ways to, to remind myself, like, like you said, you know, I'm my own biggest fan. I recognize myself. I accept myself. I love myself. And that is enough. And we don't, we don't always need the external validation, which is something that I'm having a hard time getting over right now.
1: (laughs) That, that is a huge issue of mine too. And you know, the more I talk to other people, the more I feel like it's a, especially in the, it's a, definitely like a film industry thing too because we're putting films out there it's our faces it's our names and we feel like we need other people to be like wow this was really good or you're really talented I crave hearing those words so if you want to send them my way now's your chance (laughs) but no I mean I'm just saying like we crave those words we want people to be like wow you're so talented or like wow that was amazing or wow your film moved me we're not always going to hear those words, even when people think it and you have to kind of like find that strong belief in yourself and that strong foundation and, and just kind of know that, that what you're doing is like you were saying, good enough.
0: Yeah, I am enough. Everything is working out. You know, like I put out my art to the world and it's cathartic for me and it's cathartic for someone else. And if I, even if I don't hear it, it's okay. The fact that it exists should be enough, I feel like.
1: That's true. That's true. And sometimes I tell myself that, you know, they, I'm, you know, I'm trying really hard to get my first, like, TV role, you know, on a series. Hasn't happened yet. I got close a couple times, but hasn't happened yet. But um, I told myself the other day, I was like, you know, what if I just make so much stuff that they can't ignore me anymore? Because they're just like, oh, this girl's making so much content. She's just everywhere. All right, fine. You know? Why not? And you're
0: literally going to be in a web series that you're making. So there's your TV spot.
1: (laughs) It's a YouTube spot. I'll take it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's literally going to be out there like a TV show. So
1: I'm trying to have that Issa Rae success story.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) You know who that is? A little bit.
1: Yeah, she, well, just quick for for anyone who might want to know, but like Issa Rae made The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl Mm -hmm. as a YouTube series. She made the first episode and then crowdfund ended up, it kind of went viral. So she ended up raising like, I think it was like $50,000 to finish the first season. And she filmed this with her friends, I think. And then that got turned into the HBO series Insecure over time. Um, they they ended up like pitching it and whatnot. But then, you know, obviously, so then she has this huge show on HBO called Insecure. It had five seasons. It was fantastic, by the way. You should also go back and watch the YouTube series, but Insecure is amazing. And now she's, she's working on other stuff that she's creating, but she got to create and produce her own television show because her YouTube series is so well. I'm not the only one that has this dream, but I wouldn't mind it if it happened
0: you know I mean I'm making my own feature film because I said I'm not waiting around for people to give me money and do shit I'm gonna do it myself <laughs> so that's, that's
1: the step to success right there that's that's why because you're taking you know the what is the what is the thing the ball in your hands the, the balls in your court you're taking it by the reins I don't know there's some term that means that you're <laughs> taking, taking life it into your own hands
0: there we go yeah. taking it into your own hands taking uh, life by the horns yeah same thing thing. grabbing the (laughs) longhorn I'm done keep grabbing that longhorn well on that note (laughs) this has been a great episode and I really hope that you guys enjoyed it and you got something out of it from our experiences this is two female presenting actors and filmmakers that are taking life into our own hands and making shit happen and not letting false beliefs or trauma hold us back. And so I hope you guys got something out of this episode. So thanks for being here, Lauren.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. It was fun.
0: Good. Don't forget to subscribe guys and we'll see you on the next one. Have a good one.